With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey, Mark here. I just want to give you a quick heads up. So we had some slight technical difficulties in the beginning of this episode that do clear themselves up within a few minutes. We just wanted you to know that the, the first few minutes of this episode, the audio is not optimal. However, as always, this is a raucous episode and it's actually filled with an amazing story about how our guest Niall bought Captain Ron at a secondhand store in France. It's beautiful, and it's way better than my story about how I bought Captain Ron from a gas station. So just hopefully you can bear with the, the audio difficulties in the beginning. Know they get better. Enjoy this episode. Thank you. Hello and welcome to Deep Blue Sea, the podcast. I am Jake Lewitt. And I'm Mark Hoffmeyer. And this week we are looking at chapter 32 of Deep Blue Sea, and we need a guest to do that. Now, our guest today, over on his site, moviesinfocus.com, he has said that nobody has an appreciation of Rennie Harlan's Deep Blue Sea like Movies in Focus, and that is something... We're going to contest today because I feel like myself and Mark may give him a run for his money. Joining us today from Movies in Focus is Niall Brown. Niall, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. And it's fantastic to be talking about Deep Blue Sea. Uh, and we were we were talking before we started recording and you gave this a rewatch last night. And you said that it's pretty much, uh, in your words, for what it is, it's a perfect movie, right? It is. You know, it's 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 one of those films, kind of like I, I put it on a par with the first Predator film, where you you kind of you go into it thinking you're going to get a certain type of movie, and you come out of it and you've got that type of movie. And for an hour and forty minutes, it delivers minute after minute, set piece after set piece. So I think it's for what it is, it's flawless. Oh, that makes me so happy to hear. And uh, this is kind of crazy. I was doing some research about movie explosions. And I looked up the special effects supervisor for this movie, and his name is John Richardson. And he started off on Lawrence of Arabia. Then he worked on Dirty Dozen, Straw Dogs, Barry Lyndon, Omen, Superman, nine Bond films, <laughs> Lady Hawk, Willow, Cliffhanger, Starship Troopers, oh, wow. all the Harry Potter films. And this is a guy who started in industry way back in the day, and he said he's really good at his job because he knows how to blow things up safely. And that made me really happy just reading about this John Richardson and the movies he's worked on. And then I looked in further to him, and he loves working with Rennie Harlan because Rennie Harlan just loves blowing actual things up. So they kind of had a, a good relationship between Cliffhanger and Deep Blue Sea. But I think that's why 
this explosion today is comically and beautifully large. It's just a, a gnarly explosion, courtesy of John Richardson, a guy who, I mean, he's, he's worked on, he's like probably the biggest name, I guess, in the UK and the world since he's worked on all the Bond and Harry Potter movies. This dude knows his stuff, and he can blow stuff up with the best of them, and it makes me happy. Has he done any other films with, with Rennie? This was it. Uh, they just okay. did Cliffhanger, and then they did Deep Blue Sea. Because the, the explosion, I, I, I get memories of Die Hard 2. Yes. Yeah. Again, you know, we had the shot when when the helicopter exploded as yeah. an overhead shot of the explosion coming up, and we get the same thing here. So I'm surprised he didn't do that one as well. That, that's that's Rennie's flourish than the overhead shot. Yeah. So I wonder if he watched Die Hard two and then saw and appreciated the explosions. So then he got in touch with Rennie, and then they formed a beautiful duo for the next what for Cliffhanger and Deep Blue Sea. You know, and I was also looking at Screen Crush. They did a top. 25 explosions ever and the top in the top 15 they have cutthroat island when the boat explodes and then they have number 10 the long kiss good night during that gigantic explosion that it, i felt like everyone around that area would die that's how huge that explosion was so runny oh man i love this explosion it's just watching this thing made me so happy <laughs> so so the deep blue sea explosion isn't on that list nope that's incorrect that's a criminal. <laughs> Did you guys laugh? No, now listen. I I feel terrible because they show the shark getting away into the deep blue sea. The shark's like, <laughs> I succeeded. I made yeah. it. <laughs> and then kaplooey. And they make sure to show shark chunks. Oh yeah, it is raining everywhere. guts everywhere. Yeah. This dropping shark chunks everywhere, and this poor shark who. Thought it totally Shawshank Redemptioned its its captors just blows up and we watch pieces of it slap onto the deep blue sea and I'm simul I'm cheering but then I'm also kind of bummed knowing that this shark was a prisoner who tried to escape and now it's sushi yeah yeah the sharks have been our our kind of heroes throughout they they've been the victims of the whole thing they're just trying to do just sort of make things right and. Yeah, I, I hadn't considered this climax from the shark's point of view, and now I'm just sad. <laughs> Thanks, Mark. Yeah, imagine somebody sort of kidnapped you, started doing scientific experiments on you, and then you think, yep, I finally made it away. I've got over the fence. And then you get torpedoed by dynamite. <laughs> it's sad, too. You know, I didn't remember the two-second shot of the shark us seeing the shark swim away. <laughs> I And... It makes it even worse. Like, it's just, Rennie in this movie has been really mean. Like, we're talking Jim Whitlock, uh, the death of, of Janice, and and then just the, oh gosh, the sh you're right. The shark is escaping, and it just gets exploded. And, uh, but if it was, I think what makes it funny is just how big the explosion is. Yes. I mean, that's a <laughs> That's a whopper. But also, if the explosion was that big, Thomas Jane would also be blown up. Well, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I, I in researching today's episode, there is an episode of Mythbusters on this climax. I've never seen Mythbusters before. I'm aware of it, but this is the only episode I've watched. So it's from it's uh, season six, episode 15, uh, 13. Sorry, it's about phone book friction is the title, because they also look at if you interlace two phone books, can you pull them apart? Uh, but the most of the show is is detailing the the climax of Deep Blue Sea, and one of the aspects I look at is if the explosion is big enough to 
look like this, would Thomas Jane also die? And the answer is yes, Thomas Jane would also die. Because uh, he's about 50 feet from the explosion, and yes, he would die. He'd need to be, I think they worked out, 150 feet away uh, to stand a chance of surviving. And um, But more funny uh, is, the funnier is the explosion size. Uh, they they A few weeks ago, we were looking at the flares, the kind of the gunpowder in the flares, and how much uh, of explosion they'd get out of them. They reckon they can get two and a half, six dynamite. That's implausible. But on Mythbusters, they did three experiments. One is they took the, the canister size that they used in Deep Blue Sea and filled that with explosives uh, just to kind of see how much that would be, and it's nothing. Uh, they made a big foam shark, and it took out a hole about the size of a fist from the size of it. Uh, so that shark would still survive. Then they did two and a half sticks of dynamite-wise, and that, that destroyed the shark, but it was kind of a small explosion from the surface. In order to replicate the size of this explosion, they... <laughs> They, they they needed 400 pounds of explosives, which was enough to fill two body bags. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what caused the Thomas Jane destroying uh, explosion. Whether he would have survived the two and a half sticks of dynamite one, they didn't They didn't give it a result on that. I was a little disappointed. Uh, but yeah, he'd be dead. The shark would be dead. Everyone would be dead. There's no way that Preacher could have shot a harpoon with 400 pounds of dynamite stuck to the bottom of it. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, you'd- that's... He would have been cubed, like in Resident Evil. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Cubed. Oh, he's, he's, the wrong, right that fence. he's the wrong side of the fence, but the explosion could have been big enough that the fence could have been pushed through him. So, I mean... <laughs> I love it, though. Yeah, I mean, maybe, maybe there was sort of a freak wave or something that, that, that blocked it whilst it sort of came his direction. Maybe, Ooh, maybe. I like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, let's say that. And also, we, we've established that he's a bionic stud muffin. So maybe Susan McAllister has been loading him up with some of these things, putting it in his coffee. And he's now a mutant part shark. Maybe. Jeez Louise. What's she done to the rest of the crew? I, another thing I want to say is how relaxing was it to just watch Carter swim just <laughs> relaxingly back to Preacher? It's very cathartic just watching him sort of saunter through the water uh, i don't know niall did you get did you like seeing that or are you stressed about other sharks well i'm actually stressed about the fact he got a torpedo through his leg that yeah. kind of ripped off at the, <laughs> yeah. at the fence i mean which he sort of takes in his stride he seems walk, you know? he seems fine with yeah. <laughs> with yeah, everything that happened fine, but he's okay yeah that's a lot of blood loss isn't it because that thing went right through his leg and then oh. it gets ripped out Okay. Yeah, you, when he when he gets up into the, the into the chapter, there's the big cut in his in his wetsuit trousers. So yeah, it ripped, it ripped through the skin, ripped through the trousers. Oh, but it's, he's fine with that, you know. So it's. <laughs> but having said that, preacher was also kind of grabbed by the shark, dragged under the yeah. water, and yeah. he's fine and willing to crack a couple of jokes. So uh... I mean, to to quote Dr. Susan McAllister, he'll only be fine if they if they can make it to land. He's he shouldn't be awake right now. But it's, it's also the one that, that says for Stellan Skarsgård, I'm not that kind of doctor. So she doesn't really know. That's true. Whoa. That's very true. Yeah. So she was wrong. <laughs> she like, was wrong. I think this is blood. I'm, I'm really not sure. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know what I do love about movies is I watch the Fast and Furious movies a lot. And in Fast and Furious 4, Dom is shot in the shoulder and he just forgets about it later. <laughs> uh, and then in Triple uh, X... Three, the one with Donnie Yen and, and Tony Ja, which is a lot of fun. I, I could have sworn there was a scene where Donnie Yen was gutted and then he died, 
but then he parachutes to Earth, and he's fine. So I guess we just got to chalk it up to whatever is in this world of just a magical wound healing factor of these yeah. people. Or the, you know, Susan, Susan experimenting on the crew, she's given him regenerative abilities. Perhaps the wound is already mostly healed by the time he gets back. Who knows? Who knows? Whoa. And she's been doing it to Preacher, too? To everyone. It, like, yeah. the rest of the cast have been ripped in half. There's nothing she can do with that. But these two are the ones who've been lacerated here and there, and they're Wolverine healing as, as they go. Well, if you also go back to Stellan Skarsgård, where he kind of he, he goes back into the water and the shark gets him within his teeth and fires him across at the the glass window, he's still alive after he hits that window. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he which drowns. Which is enough to actually break the window. Oh, I love it. Yeah, you're right. That's some heavy metal right there that wonks against that. I, I Every time we talk about it, though, I wish the shark missed and he just, Stellan just smushes into the glass. And then does the cartoon slide down, even though it's in the water? Would, would that make it a better movie, Nile, or no? Would that just wreck all the momentum? Well, you know what? There, there's so much momentum. Would it really ruin it? <laughs> yeah, well, that's true. <laughs> okay, say that were to happen. Would the sharks try and grab hold of him and go back around for another pitch? Like a strike two kind of thing? I would, no, they would go to the submarine and take a missile that's inside of it that, that we see for a second in the film yes. and then smash it. Which no one talks about at all. Yeah. There could have been a submarine action scene in this film. How cool would that have been? That would be cool. That would make it even better. Yeah. In the wreck, that would be awesome if that was just kind of came to life. There had been people there the whole time. Oh, <laughs> just man. watching. Hey, so Niall, what was your first experience with Deep Blue Sea? When did, did you catch this in theaters? When, when did you become part of the cult of DBS? I saw it on the big screen back in 1999. So over here in the UK, it must have been probably September, October by the time we, we got to see it. And I saw it on the big screen and I came out and thought, God, I love that movie. <laughs> yes. And I've watched it probably 10 times since. It's just, so, uh, there's enough to it, right? I mean, what was everyone, what was the theater's reaction to Sam Jackson's death? Like, were people loving it? What was, like, what was the action at the end when it was... It was uh, TJ and LL versus the shark. Were people cheering? What was the atmosphere like? I mean, you, you don't get much cheering over here in, in cinemas, but... It's not I mean, the dumb thing. Was, no, uh. but the, I mean, the, the bit where Samuel L. Jackson sort of meets his demise is sort of because he was the big star in that movie at the time. And uh, that was a sort of, oh, you've just <laughs> killed the big star. What's going to happen next? You know, all bets are off and who's who's next. Mm-hmm. Oh, and it just that it has. I know we keep talking about this, but it, this movie just has a good, like, such a personality to it that keeps it. I don't know, in the in the that keeps people talking about it. I guess it's far from generic, that's yeah. for sure. And you know what? Considering it's a bunch of people getting eaten by sharks, it's very good natured. You know, it's it's kind of a fun film. It, mm-hmm. It's not a you know, it's sort of a crowd pleaser. That's a good point. Yeah, there, there's. I would say what the only horror part in this film is in Susan McAllister's locker when it's oh, waiting I, for her. Well, there's the faux horror bit where when at her birthday party when she comes oh, out yeah. when it's dark, and the the, the, the opening scene is very much a horror trope of a monster attacking a kid sort of passing on a boat kind of thing. Yeah, but but I think you're right though. Like remember in '99 when the Mummy came out, how much of a swashbuckling movie that was? Oh, yeah. Yes. It's, kind of in it's not really in that vein but it's still a crowd i guess anaconda's like that too right where there's just a, yeah. still a bunch of weirdo gonzo john voidisms in it some good humor i'd say it's it's 
uh, on a, on a level with the mummy being the mummy's got some horror esque scenes like the yeah. scarab beetles like the the guy who has his eyes taken and his tongue taken that's like not pleasant. Uh, mm-hmm. so there's some stuff with the the plagues, you know. I love the mummy. The mummy's great. <laughs> uh, it's, it's, it's an incredible film. Stephen well, Summers also not... directed Deep Rising. I love that movie. You yeah. know what? That, that's another movie which is very similar to uh, Deep Blue Sea. And again, not enough people love Deep Rising. You know You've what's never... cool? Uh, Kino Lorber just they had they released the 20th anniversary of it, and it has like Stephen Summers commentaries and all new documentaries. So I just bought Deep Rising on Blu-ray, and it's loaded with. No one on this planet is going to listen to all of it, but I am, and I can't <laughs> wait. I think I'm going to have to seek it out, because I've got a 20-year-old DVD that I still kind of dust off every now and then and watch. Well, send me the DVD, and you get the new Blu-ray. Yeah, uh, there we go. <laughs> what, it's flawless? You know, it's, yeah, it's a stupid movie, but it's great. It's just, what, it's like a Cthulhu on a cruise ship with long tentacles murdering mercenaries. And then there's Treat Williams blasting around on a jet ski. Speaking <laughs> of, of things that are stupid but great. Mark, just listen to the commentary for this this chapter. Yeah. Uh, Rennie Harlan mentions his website. It, yes, RennieHarlan.com. Me- RennieHarlan.com. Has anyone here visited RennieHarlan.com recently? I have. Well, not recently, but in the past, yes. Okay. I yep. couldn't stop myself today going through the entire website. It was last updated just after Deep Blue Sea was released. And it, it, it looks at... Everywhere. This is not an active website, but ReddyHarland.com, go there, seek it out. It's got a little bio. He's got six six pages on there. There's an About Rennie page, uh, where he's talking about Deep Blue Sea and the other projects he did before that. There's, there's a links page. The links page is my favourite page. He links to seven things. He has Rennie's bookmarks, seven things. One of them, his own website. Hey. <laughs> Which I love, I love when websites link to themselves. He also has the IMDB homepage. Great. There's a page that goes to uh, Rooters Entertainment that just, just seems to be de- defunct, and Dark Horizons, which is a uh, movie review site that's been active since 97. Then he's got three people, three personal people's websites. One of them, Julianne Moore. Julianne Moore's per- <laughs> personal website, uh, last updated some time ago. It's not, not up to date. But hey, I don't know if, he and Ren- if she and Rennie Harlan have actually worked together or not. I don't, I don't think they have. I don't think no. they have. But they, they both have red hair, so that might have something to do with it. Yeah. Perhaps they do. Perhaps they do. yes. <laughs> oh, how would she have been in Deep Blue Sea? She would have been the Saffron Burroughs character. I yes. Yeah. And she'd have been uh, fantastic. I, I, I'm a huge fan of Julianne Moore in films. I think she's great. Do you think she could pull off the mad-driven doctor? Easily. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah, well, definitely. Yeah. I liked uh, her in Evolution. That's a creature feature. She's great, she's great in Evolution. Of- the it's Lost a very World. large explosion. They put they put shampoo into that large monster's butt because <laughs> Orlando Jones gets doesn't he say that he's like I've seen everything, and then they blow it up and it explodes over everybody. That's another good monster explosion. Evolution. That is a, yeah, yeah, that's a great one. Uh, Napalm at first. I, I love oh, Evolution. Yeah. But and she's great in The Lost World and she's great in like Magnolia and Boogie Nights. Everything everything. Julian Moore, great. So that's one of the links. Another link he has is for Angelica Bridges, which is a name that was not familiar to me. Uh, she was. Miss America in 1992, and she went on to be to appear in uh, Baywatch and numerous uh, a few other films and TV shows that wouldn't like things like uh, Veronica Mars. She had some roles in Mystery Men. She's one of the furries in Mystery Men. Uh, Mortal oh. Kombat Conquest. She's in, <laughs> she's uh, nice. 
uh, Omegis, Omegis, I don't know. Uh, so why Angelica Bridges? I don't know. Again, they've never worked together. And the third one that he has is Diedrich bon- Bonhoeffer, Bonhoeffer, who is a, prote- a Protestant theologian from a Ge- from Germany uh, who was who was died who was killed by the Nazis being anti-Nazi in 1945. I cannot connect any of these three people to to Rennie Harlan. I don't know. I don't know. I just love the randomness of these three people and everything else about his site. Uh, he also has an e- has an email Rennie page where you can where you can email Rennie Harlan's email address. I emailed them. Email Rennie. Did you... I did. I, I I emailed him to be on the show, and I never heard back. Did you email? His email address is Rennie at RennieHarlin dot com. I did. It... Well, I I spent a long time composing an email today as well. Fired it off, and I got a reply back saying this isn't a real email address. <laughs> Sorry. So, <laughs> um, so I don't think you're gonna get a reply to that email anytime soon, Mark. Oh man. But yeah, Rennie Harlin needs to get on and update his his website because it's very dated, very very dated. I would love to know what he's doing right now. And have you read the articles about him recently? They're like China really wants to match the United States with their blockbusters, yes, so they brought Rennie Harlan over. He's moved to China. He's living in China, isn't he? Yes. Yeah, yeah. And he's directed a few films. He did Skip Trace, which was actually I keep talking about it, but it was a big hit overseas. So they brought him over there to kind of help them make more blockbusters. So they they recruited Harlan to to help them out to blow stuff up. Which he's perfect for. Yeah, I mean, his own bio says that he he has the status as one of the best producers of the genre action. <laughs> <laughs> I'd say so. Uh, that was after uh, Die Hard 2, uh, in which it, it kind of lets us know that Bruce Willis played the main role. So thank you for that. And I, I, there's a, an alternative title for Nightmare on Street 4. They call it The Lord of Sleep on here. Nightmare on Street 4, Ooh. The Lord of Sleep. Because that one's Dream, Dream Master, Master Yeah. Yeah. Whoa. The What's Lord better, of Sleep. Lord of Sleep or the Dream Master? Hmm. I think Dream Master is more fitting because sleep, sleep does not necessarily mean dreams. I I, yeah. I I haven't remembered a dream for 20 years. I just don't. When I sleep, I wake up and it's like nothing happened. Apparently, I talk in my sleep. I have no recollection of it. So the Lord of Sleep, I think, is ambiguous. That could be like the Sandman. Uh, that could be some other thing that is involved with sleep i don't know but dream master that's more that's more freddy krueger because he's like mastering dreams plus then you have like dream warriors is the one before it and the, the dream this... child is the next one i think yep yeah we've so covered you... all those on movie songs of flicks you should go listen to it so on you the have the, you have the dream trilogy yeah the problem is with those franchises it's it makes me appreciate the scream franchises more because when you write about horror movies a lot you got to do nightmare on elm street 4 the dream master Nightmare on Elm Street 5, The Problem Child. No, that's the movie. <laughs> Dream Child. The Basket Case. Dream Child. So that's why I just I just want to write about Scream more often, because Scream 2, Scream 3, Scream 4. There's no Scream 4 again. But then you, you just... get the fifth one also being called Scream. Yeah. Instead of... The... <sighs> I'm not, I can take no credit for this. I heard it somewhere else, but it should be called Screams. They should do an Aliens with it. Put an S on the end of it, because also that looks like Scream 5. But just call it Screams. Yeah, yes. Screams? Yeah, call it Screams. You've got Scream. Screams. Because the, oh, like S, the S in Screams looks like a 5. Or just call it Scream can, 5. Sod it. Can you pluralize Scream? Because yeah. Because it, it, they, they were all screaming. 
There was a lot of screams. I have recorded multiple screams from numerous people. <laughs> there were, yeah. Or still screaming. Yeah, <laughs> car- carry on, carry on screaming. Oh, that's already a film. Yeah. Did the shark have time to scream? It didn't see it coming, did it? So that was a quick death. Yeah, this is a surprise shark. death for the shark. It was unaware. Well, he probably oh. kind of thought it was coming. I mean, the other two, they died, so. Yeah. The writing was on the wall. Yeah. Or all over the ocean by the time he was gone. <laughs> that was a huge explosion. But also, you see when they do that aerial shot, that that seems to be a lot of red stuff. So they really must have gone through a lot of dye just to get that amount of the ocean. Well, they, mm-hmm. they've used CGI blood in it before, like Janice's death in the maintenance shaft. That was CGI blood in the water. But this looks more realistic. Real. Yeah. It's, it's tangible. Well, yeah. I think John Richardson, he did it right. But this was like a 45-foot shark with 7,000 pounds of uh, explosives on it, which... Oh, it's, I'm telling you, it's beautiful. But if you look at okay, if you look at explosions in most horror movies, I mean, in Jaws, I mean that shark goes kaplooey. In Tremors, when the graboids explode because of the pipe bombs, they shower goo all over everybody from that pipe bomb. Uh, you have Hellboy oh two, that thing explodes. Love and Monsters, this thing gets a grenade in its stomach and it explodes. You know, like fifty pounds of C four were in it and just explodes all over the thing. So I think movie like Grizzly. The explosion in that? Oh my gosh. Predator? Piranha 3D? I mean, Jaws 3, that thing. So I think creature features just love exaggerating explosions, which is probably much every action movie ever, because you just don't want a boring explosion, but it seems like a fun staple of the genre. It's just comically blowing up a monster. That, that's something the, the Jurassic Park films haven't done. They haven't blown up a dinosaur. <laughs> Whoa. Yet. <sighs> hmm. Yeah, they <laughs> murdered them all with lava. That's it. Well, yeah, that's true. Yeah, they killed. Yeah. They just brutally wiped out an entire population with lava, which I will never forgive. Fallen Kingdom. Has anyone in the Jurassic Park movie sort of killed the dinosaur and went, "You're extinct"? <laughs> I mean, Goblin makes that joke to to Sam Neill, and we're like, "We're out of the job, don't you mean extinct?" In the first one, uh, so they covered it. But, yeah. Yeah. Like a last action hero, Arnold Schwarzenegger has a cigar in his mouth. You're extinct. <laughs> Wait, you know when he shoots an alligator in a racer, he goes, Your, Your luggage. luggage, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. You know, these alligators were just hanging out in captivity. <laughs> and he just blows its head off. You know what? Alligators in general in movies get a bad rap. Think about it. Happy Gilmore. Alligators doing its thing, gets beat up. And then you have Ace Ventura when Nature Calls. Alligators doing its thing, it gets beat up. Crocodile. And then Joe Dirt. It puts Joe Dirt in its mouth and shakes him around. Princess and the Frog. There's a... Man, Crawl. That was, I love that movie. I'm not going to say anything bad about Crawl's it. Crawl's a great movie, yeah. Crawl's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. We will have no no yeah. bad words against Crawl. No. Take it back. Crawl is kind of my new... Like, this decade... This century's Deep Blue Sea for me, yes. I think. It's just... I think it's it's real... That Aja, he also did Piranha 3D, which I love. It's just so playful. And just yeah. people, people lose arms, like in Deep Blue Sea... Uh, it's just, I love that they escape out of the house and then a wave pushes them back into the house. <laughs> they just can't get out of the house. <laughs> that, that house is the Aquatica. Cruel. Oh, okay. $13 million that budget for Crawl. Can you it's, believe that? Do you know what? It's brilliant. I, I think the tension for, what, a 90-minute movie that's pretty much got two people in it? Mm-hmm. You know, we, speak, you, you, we, we speak the same language, Niall. I love it. Yeah, but you know what? A, a good creature feature you cannot beat. Any aquatic animal that sort of 
eat people, I'm up for. I'm going to counteract that with Lake Placid. A terrible, terrible film. <laughs> you know what? I haven't seen it in 20 years. Keep it that way. Yeah. Although I did uh, see Lake Placid 3 or 4 or something recently, which wasn't too bad. Oh, oh really? Maybe that's the best of the franchise. I mean, it was, it was terrible, but it was, <laughs> it yeah. was enjoyable enough once you kind of go in thinking it's going to be terrible. That's the kind of attitude you have to have towards a lot of these direct-to-DVD or direct-to-TV I don't even know if DVDs are still a thing. Direct to whatever, streaming. Yeah. You know they're bad. I guess you can't rate them like they're Jaws. You just got to rate them as Piranha 4, Piranhas vs. Graboids versus Lake Placid, which you, know, you just got to – I wish there was like a, like a scale on how to grade those. Like Scott Adkins movies. I had yeah. to name drop Scott Adkins once again. I think – have you seen Deep Blue Sea 3? Not yet. I hear it's good. Do you know what it is? It's, it's very much a ripoff of – the deep blue sea or deep blue sea but it's fun you know and again if you you read it on a sort of scale of one to two or five <laughs> you know it, it's fun you know it, it's 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 very similar to the first one it's not as good but it's a good laugh so that's all i can say about it we have it in our future i heard i hear the actors are pretty good in it so it's it's direct to dvd but the actors try yeah um, I, no, I haven't seen the second one, which I hear is terrible. But that's the, also in our future. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the yeah. third one, I, I had a great time watching it. Yeah, for me, I, I really try to stay positive with film because I, I, sometimes I just think it's too easy to just dunk on a movie. But Deep Blue Sea, I need to watch again because I watched it once and I did not enjoy it. So I'm looking forward to watching it again with sort of new expectations for it to see if it's if it holds up. Let's hope. I hope so. But no, I hear my my. I don't know. Isn't it Bull Sharks and Deep Blue Sea Three? I believe it is. Which I think. No, I have not seen the second one. It's a continuation of the storyline where they they escape from the the end of that, and it opens up with the kind of mercenaries tracking it, and again to like a research facility, and you know then sharks start eating people as as it starts to sink again. But it, it's oh. a lot of a low tech type thing than the the Aquatica. I mean, it's such a smart idea, though. I mean, I mean, look at it like underwater. I really like that movie this year. I, what I love about like aquatic horror, I love when a cruise ship is broken down or so like, it just adds you're on the water. You know, you're sinking. Sharks are in the water. It's such a it's such a tried and true recipe for success. So I guess it makes sense to go back to it on the third one, because that's what works. Like You don't have to reinvent the wheel. No. And again, you know, like going back to your screams or all these sorts of movies. You know, you've got somebody attacking somebody with a knife. All somebody wants is kind of confined space and sharks or crocodiles or whatever it might be. You know, and mm-hmm. it's fun. You know, it's primal fear, isn't it? Oh, gosh. <laughs> Having an alligator around? Yeah. I grew up in Florida, so I'm not too worried about gators. But if I was in a hurricane and they got pushed into my house, then I'd probably be worried about them, I would say. When I saw yeah, that would be fun. back when there were cinemas and you could go to them, uh, I went, that my, my local cinema had like a a secret uh, screening kind of thing where you go see a film if you had a membership and uh, you wouldn't know what you're going to go see. So it was a gamble. And I went and it was cruel and I was overjoyed. I was really hoping it would be cruel. And I went and sorry, it was cruel. At the end of the the film, I loved it, bigger on my face. And the the stranger next to me was like, well, that was crap, wasn't it? And I I burned him alive. (laughs) (laughs) 
You uh, wouldn't him. Yeah, I just, I was, I couldn't believe how he could have sat through that glory and just, in like, arms folded, grimace on his face the entire way through. It was, it was delightful. I loved every second of it. Do you think that there are, this is random, but do you think that there are more sharks in there, or is that just a gag at the end? Well, now there's been a giant bloody explosion, and then Carter's dragged a trail of blood back from it to where he now is. The, the sharks are on their way. If they're not there now, they'll be there pretty damn soon. Yeah. <laughs> Even if they're not genetically modified sharks, there will be some form of animal coming to eat the sushi. Yes. And and that's just the the crew coming back after the weekend, isn't it? You know, they're just yeah. like, prepping up. But do you think that was set up for a sequel, not a direct-to-video sequel, but like a proper sequel that never happened? I like to think so. I mean, imagine this movie makes three hundred and fifty million as opposed to one hundred and seventy million worldwide. There'd be a sequel. Yeah. I mean, I, I the obvious to me the obvious sequel is going back down into. I'm not sure if we talked about this before. Doing a a Beyond the Poseidon adventure where like a salvage crew comes in to go down and try and retrieve the information from Aquatica. Yeah. Like, um, and. There's more sharks there somehow. <laughs> Some of that. And, and it's called Deeper Blue Sea. Exactly. Yep. There's your title. Or Deep Blue oh. Sea. Uh, no. That'd be the third one. <laughs> Deep Blue D. And then the fourth one would be Deep Blue Seas. It would take place <laughs> on two different locations. Deep Blue Sea. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, you got to think that, right? I mean, they made that gag in there. You could have brought back... You could have easily have brought back Preacher and Carter because they're out of jobs now. Yeah. And yeah. there's no way that they're going to be able to explain this to anyone. So, hey, guys, what happened? Well, Susan McAllister genetically modified sharks, and those sharks uh, <laughs> yes, hunted but... us and flooded the facility. They were, they were well, smart sharks. Be... There's yeah. also the opening of the film where Ronnie Cox, who I don't <laughs> think said the word no. yeah. in the film, is with Samuel L. Jackson. So he knows yeah, he's, what's going on. He, he would oh. lead that expedition if he used yeah. to be part of Chimera. They, they want to get the, all, the $200 million of Sam Jackson's money, however much it was he invested in it. They need to get back on that deposit or that investment. Whoa. So Ronnie goes back with Preacher and Carter and a team of mercenaries made yeah. up of the cast of Deep Rising and Hard Rain. Uh, w- yeah. Would LL and Tom Jane come back? Because yeah. well, I, I think yeah. LL would, but I don't think, I think we know that Tom Jane said in an interview that he like regrets doing Deep Lucy. <laughs> he hates the film. He hates his character. Here's the thing, though. <laughs> that movie makes... 350 million and they go up to him hey tj here's here's this and back end he's gonna he'll take it right yeah yeah i mean mean, it it could be like a lost world situation where sam neil doesn't come back but jeff goldblum does and of these two tom jane is the sam neil rowan preacher is the goblin yeah, so going to do cook omelets for everyone right but they brought back (laughs) they brought back ian malcolm for the lost world he's a chaotician He's not a dinosaur guy. He's just a, a random mathematician who they, they thought would be, he's a rock star. Rock star mathematician. So he's got as much reason to come back as Preacher does. Preacher just, wants to get his video so no one gets his recipe. There we go. He's, he's, he's got that in his pocket, though, in his plastic bag. That's true. That's true, he does. Oh, yeah, because he never threw it in the water, right? 
Well, yeah. maybe he lost it in the shark's mouth, and he's yeah. hoping that it... Maybe that's what the shark was trying to do when it bit him. He was trying to get the tape. The shark wants Whoa. an omelet recipe. He's oh. gone vegan. <laughs> Vegetarian, yeah. <laughs> I need that tape, preacher. That was the whole plan. They set it all up to get that recipe. So the film should not be called Deep Blue Sea. It should be called Preacher's Omelette Recipe. Because that's what the that's sharks right. want. The the aquatic suspects. The familiar... And then the shark stops limping at the end and just swims away. Yeah. Done. Yeah. Well, there. <laughs> <laughs> and what, what happens if Carter actually brought back Preacher a piece of the shark? Would Preacher eat it? The sushi? Do you think wow. he would do it? <laughs> well, there there isn't actually shark sushi in the world. People don't use shark for sushi because it it uh, de- decomposes too quickly. It needs to be extremely fresh to eat it raw because it. The, 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 yeah. This this yes this would be this would be. But in in real life, outside of freshly exploded shark, uh, shark blood contains urea, uh, which decomposes very quickly and emits an ammonia odor. Uh, so that's my research for today's show. Uh, if you see shark sushi and you're nowhere near the the sea, don't eat it. Oh, don't smell it. But yeah, if, if I can just imagine Tom uh, uh, Carter just grabbing a chunk of shark belly and lugging it back. There you go. And just slaps it on the thing. Yep. It makes it sink. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> they fall into the water. They start cooking it. Like they start, they stargate it. They start cooking it and eating it. That's a really random poll. It is. I, have, I haven't seen it. <laughs> Wait, you've never seen Stargate? No, I, Mark, I haven't seen any film you ever bring up ever. It's been 32 no, episodes. You know. Stargate? Of course, I've seen Stargate. Yeah. <laughs> Kurt Russell going to another planet and battling a uh, alien and Egyptians at the same Egyptians. time. Egyptians, Egyptian aliens, something like that. Mark, yeah, think... you don't you don't know you don't want to know how many Kurt Russell films I haven't seen. <laughs> Man, Kurt, how would okay? How would Kurt Russell? have been in the Thomas Jane role. Do you think, what would be different about it? Better uh, hair. Yeah, the hair. Easily. <laughs> Definitely the hair. He'd still be sleeveless. Uh, yep. Oh, yeah. Captain still... Ron. Haven't yep. seen. Captain Ron is, no, is Captain Ron, it's interesting. Is Carter Blake's too serious to be friends with Captain Ron? What do you think? Maybe he's a, the straight man. <laughs> the two of them together on a boating journey. Oh man, Captain Ron Jay is. <sighs> it's good. Kurt Russell's really good. Yeah. But it's. I don't know how to explain it. It's a Martin uh, Short film with Kurt Russell. There it goes. Martin Short's really unbearable in it too. By the way, <laughs> I think it's, it's Captain Ron who saves it. I don't know. I just watched him when I was younger because I liked boats. And it just seemed cool that this family took across, like, they went to the Caribbean with Captain Ron. It was kind of funny. They're the best line in Captain Ron. They're like, what, what island are we going to? He's like, are we going to that one? He's like, no, we're going to that one. He's like, what's that name? It's like Ted's. So they're going to Ted's Island. <laughs> I bought that DVD at a gas station, by the way. I bought it in France. Really? Yeah. That's I got a, a French DVD of Captain Ron. Oh my gosh. So I think it's called Le Captain Ron. Oh, you send me a picture of that. I love it. I think you're the first person I ever met who has a better Captain Ron purchasing story than I do. That's amazing. <laughs> it was secondhand in France as well, so it was a, it's a pre-owned uh, Captain Ron DVD. Oh, that makes me happy. <laughs> 
He's good in it. I'm telling you. Executive decision breakdown. Yeah. Yeah. We just talked about what, what, oh, we just talked about used cars. That's another used good cars. one. Yeah. Brilliant. Oh man. Have you seen used cars, Jay? I haven't seen any of the ones you just mentioned. No, you got to watch these cars. There's a, a sequence in it, which is like they, they hijack um, local radio for an advert. <laughs> yeah, it's insane. And it's a I, I don't know the punchline, but it's just, it's, it's brilliant. It's laugh out loud funny. Okay. What I like about Kurt Russell in used cars is that he's very dishonest about being honest. He, he knows he's a scumbag and he's just totally open about it. Do you mean he's honest really about being dishonest? Yeah, he's just okay. like, yeah, he's, he's honest about being dishonest. Like, okay. he knows the game. He doesn't, he's happy with who he is. He's not trying to hide anything. And it's, uh, you watch that movie, though, some stunts in that film are, I mean, they shot it in 80, I believe. Yeah. Some people should have died making that. There's some of the craziest practical stunts I've I've ever seen in that movie. Just people jumping from cars, a car going 60 miles an hour and turning right before it hits a guy. They jump yeah. a car over a train. Beautiful. <laughs> uh, I'm down for another used cars podcast. This is great. <laughs> I need to watch it first. All right, so Niall, you you said you like like aquatic monsters in versus humans in water. What, what's your yes. top five? What would you recommend? Well, Deep Blue Sea, obviously. Oh yeah. Deep Rising. Perfect. Crawl, going back to that. It's a great triple header so far. Are we allowed to mention Jaws? I was going to say, I kind of feel no, like you have to. No Jaws. No Jaws <laughs> franchise. Yeah. You have to at least say, I can't include Jaws, it's too obvious. Otherwise, people are going to think you're insane. Throw some titles at me to see what's... To see Piranha what 3D. Orca, Piranha 3D, Anaconda. Let's see. The Shallows. The Shallows. 47 meters down. 47 meters down on Cage with uh, sharks that look like they're from The Descent. Rome, yeah, uh, the reef. Oh yeah, the reef is good too. Do you know I'll throw an anaconda just for John Voight? Yeah, that's yes. <laughs> you know <laughs> they don't. The greatest. So that man, we have four. This is perfect, and you got one more left. Oh, see, it, it's not quite, but the abyss. Yeah, you know, yeah. It, it has elements of all those sort of sort of things. It sort of ruins it at the end. You know, they need something to eat people, but. A shark yeah. just comes yeah. through and munches on somebody. That's what the abyss is missing. What if that had happened at the end of this chapter as Carter's swimming back, another shark grabs him and takes him down and finishes him off? It'd be beautiful. It, it would. <laughs> and then we knew the preacher would be the guy back in Deep Blue Sea 2. Yeah. 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 This is for Carter. Oh. <laughs> now... We all uh, Carter Blake is cool, but if Carter Blake bit it at the end of this movie, if he just exp if a shark got him, would you care? Yes. Oh, it would it would hit you hard. Do you know what? I think you've lost so many. I mean, one of the great things about Deep Blue Sea is all the characters are so even though they're kind of sketches, they're relatively well drawn. And you kind of you invest in him, you know the Saffron Burroughs character. You you kind of, you know, what, what was it the test screening that somebody stood up and said, you know, killed the, <laughs> and that's yep. what made them change the, you know, the, the original ending. Yes. You, you need the kind of the hero, and as much as LL Cool J was fun as a comic relief survivor, 
you kind of needed a hero who'd been through the whole journey with all the characters and not just somebody who sort of joined them halfway through, even though he kind of had his own adventures beforehand. Mm-hmm. Still want that Preacher prequel. Yeah. I still want it. I want the Preacher pre- prequel and then sequel yeah, to this. No, this but is... I guess you're right. We have the middle chapter of the Preacher trilogy. We need to we need to bookends. Have you have you watched Piranha 3D? No. Do you know what I haven't? No. Oh, oh it's, got it. it's very very good. Do not watch the second one. Three double D, burn it. But the first, <laughs> it's it's awful. It's one of the worst things I've ever witnessed. But the first one is so much fun. I, I then I don't want to spoil the ending of that. But no. yeah, it's just I guess Carter. Yeah, maybe it would have seemed a little cheap to murder him at the end. Just a shark comes up, just bites his head completely off. He like placids him. Yeah, that w- that would feel too kind of comical. Because uh, yeah, because you know this is like a re- this is a satisfying ending. These two characters they are drained, they're exhausted, they're half dead, they haven't yet rejuvenated. <laughs> Their wounds have healed. Yeah, <laughs> they're, they're they're healing, but they're not there yet. The, the wounds have improved, but they haven't healed. Yeah. yeah they're on <laughs> So just having like Carter standing up and a shark jumping and taking him out—that would be funny, but it would be out of out of keeping with the rest of the film. What if a shark wiped out the boat coming into them? <laughs> that would have worked, so right? That's a that's a megalodon coming up. <laughs> Wait, there's another one. There's another Aquatica two. Oh yeah, the uh, the test site, uh, the, the breeding yeah, site. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yes, the Life yeah. Aquatic. Yeah. Oh, that has a jaguar shark. It does. That's brutal. Yeah. And, then they and also, like Walt Conti worked on that. The guy who designed the sharks in this, he also did Life Aquatic. And my my wife got me a Life Aquatic jaguar shark ornament for Christmas. Just want to let y'all know that. Yeah. I figured you'd love it. A jaguar shark murders everyone, and then they team up with Bill Murray? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Okay. Is this a Grindhouse movie where they do Wes directs one movie and Rennie directs the other, and then they release them together? Yeah. Whoa. With Kurt Russell? As Captain Roth. <laughs> I can see in whose movie? In, oh, he's in, the, he's uh, the connecting tissue between both. He, yeah, he's in both. He's Could, the guy in wow. the boat that's dropping off everyone back to the aquatic. <laughs> that's a beautiful idea. Which Wes Anderson film would Captain Ron fit in? The best, not aside from Life Aquatic. Fantastic. Moonrise Kingdom. Moonrise King, yeah, you're right, because it's water. It's water based, yeah. That's a beautiful answer. Yeah, he ferries people back and forth. That's his retirement gig. <laughs> oh my gosh, I love it. He sells used boats on the island. Yeah, and he's oh. the cousin of the guy that Kurt Russell plays in used cars. <laughs> Rudy. <laughs> You know he wears in Big Trouble in Little China. Jack Burton wears the Rudy suit to distract yes. those people. Isn't that beautiful? That, that, do you know what? That's the best Kurt Russell is in Big Trouble in Little China in that sequence. Oh yeah, channeling Rudy. Yeah. Just gotta remain quiet. The, uh, <laughs> positive discussion of Big Trouble in Little China, one of my least favorite films of all time. Good. Uh... <laughs> I. Can you not like Big Trouble? In Little China? I have oh, watched you it. Go, you should listen to the Lambcast <laughs> episode, Kyle, where. It's a bunch of people who just love Big Trouble. And me. And Jay is just, he digs himself in 
Like he had a shovel and he dug himself in and was basically like a pit bull. This is it during I, the episode. I've seen it three times. I've given it so many chances, and I have. I just. I just endure that film. I, I find nothing enjoyable about the whole experience of Big Trouble in Little China. Even as I say this, I can hear listeners abandoning the podcast never to return. I'm sorry. Please come back. I may edit this out. I understand I am wrong about this and many other film-based opinions. We had a guest on recently who loved the Before franchise, Before Sunrise, Before Sunset. I hate them. They're so boring. But I get that I'm I'm incorrect Please yeah, keep I mean, listening. It's subjective, so it's cool. Big trouble in Little China, though. I mean, it's it's pretty much flawless. Yeah. Apart from the bit where I just I turn it on and think, why why am I watching this terrible film? I'm just gonna hang up now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See you later now. <laughs> so my wife, told, my, my wife told me though that she had to watch it. Well, I I screened a lot in my house, so she had to watch it about four or five times to start loving it. Now now it's one of her favorites. So it took her a bunch of screenings to really embrace it. And getting into this world. Doesn't sound like a good film to me. So you got two more, Jay. Well, yeah, two more and you're in. I don't, yeah. I don't own it anymore. I never will. Uh, no. Look at the poster. Roger Ebert says, you'll love it by the fifth time. Okay, Roger Ebert has... I know that's not... That's a, a fake quote. But even if it were true, Roger Ebert has some dicey opinions about some films. He's not always See, been right, that guy. We gotta lay off this, Niall, because Jay <laughs> just starts digging in. He's, he, he's trench warfare going on here. Garbage. We'll, we'll draw the line here then. Yeah, it's uh, probably for the best. <laughs> <clears throat> I just didn't get it. There we go. It's all on me. So why is oh, Thomas James joking when he says 45 foot shark, correct? <laughs> I hope so. Well, we've established he didn't get a class. He can't count. He doesn't understand what numbers are. <laughs> yeah, because he hates riddles too. He never even tries to answer them. <laughs> yeah. Wait, so, yeah, so we're I, saying he's, he says 45 because he can't count? I just think he doesn't know how big 45 feet is. I think he just says things off the cuff, just to kind of... Plus the, the script supervisor, I don't think, was working that day, so it is. <laughs> That's funny, the script supervisor. How, when, how big is the shark? Just wing it. And when he, he surfaces, he surfaces in the shark guts. That's got to be unpleasant. Yeah. But he does he does do another like shampoo commercial hair toss, which I'm just... A, a fan of when he surfaced last time and did that. Here's the thing, though, and I, I want to ask you guys. You're stuck to a giant genetically modified shark, <laughs> and you think you are going to be turned into chum, and you somehow survive it, but you have to swim through shark gunk. You might not mind that gunk so much. Oh, yeah. This is, a, of the possible outcomes, this is preferable to many other ones. Yes. <laughs> it's like Shawshank Redemption when he crawls through poop. Yes. Because he's going to freedom. Yeah, that's yeah. worth it. It's worth it. Yeah. You can, you can stomach stuff. It's like in Big Trouble in Little China when they're going through the sewers and that giant creature comes out and pulls out, pull, kills one of the guys. Like, yeah, if I had to crawl to freedom and I had to watch Big Trouble in Little China as I did it, that'd be worth it. I can't think of another instance where it would be. But... I'm like a phone, a portable <laughs> DVD player. How are you watching this? Uh, the, the smallest screen possible. Uh, if, well, I have, if I have the choice. Photography of the film then, so you. <laughs> <laughs> You'd run a big screen. Ugh. Yeah. And you would move a lot slower watching and crawling. If you put the screen behind me, I'm just going to crawl away from it as fast as possible. There it goes. This is a DVD, a French used copy. You're just going to crawl away from it as yep. fast as possible. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> but all right, so 
the, this shark death, it's one of the, it's an interesting kill. Cause if you think about a lot of these films where the shark is no longer a threat. So in tremors, the, the things want to kill them. So you blow them up in, in gremlins, those things could spawn and take over the world and underwater and loving monsters, eight legged freaks, like jaws. These are all still threats. Well, the shark is a threat, isn't it? It's, it's going to go and just keep eating. Yeah. Do you think it's going to go murder a lot of people or just go start? Is it going to go start an army? Is it going to team up with Aquaman? Like, does it just want to get away from people? What is it going to live a Frankenstein's monster style lifestyle? Well, I, I think it's going to go and that, that boat that's coming in from the it's probably going to get those guys first, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, it's just eaten. It's very. <laughs> thousand pounds. Yeah. We, we worked out on a previous chapter. It's eaten a lot. Over the course of the past day, it's eaten, yeah, something like two thousand pounds worth of people. So yeah, but it does been, not need to eat. <laughs> you know, that's pretty much snacking throughout the day for that. Yeah, but that's that's still like a, a week's worth of food. It's <laughs> it's good. It's fine. It's not going to go for an entire boat full of people. That's I that's think just it greedy. Is. It knows that boat, and it's mad at those people. Unless it's, it's going to kill them, but not eat them, which is a possibility, I suppose. It's just going to bite their heads off and spit their heads out. Yeah. Let's go play with them to make sure they don't magically heal. Yeah, and make sure they can't they can't get back to warn civilization that it's coming. It had uh, to share the food with the, the other sharks, though, didn't it? It didn't. Well, it, 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 sh- uh, it <laughs> get back into this. It shared the tiger shark, and two of them shared uh, Russell Franklin, Sam Jackson. But this shark ate uh, Susan, it ate Scoggins, it ate Jim's arm, it ate Susan. So this that's all it, all of them. Uh, this this yeah, one this shark has skinning and you know still as three whole people and bits of other people. I mean, Shaggy and Scooby can eat. A oh, lot. not the Jello monster again. There's no cotton candy <laughs> monster where they ate the entire cotton candy monster during a scene and the thing like was crying out in pain. So maybe it just has a genetically modified digestive tract. Maybe there's a lot of skeletal structures in it right now though. It's true, yeah, and it's not used to having bones. Yeah, it's a shark. Yeah. It's cartilage. Oh, that's he's, that's gonna be interesting. Well, it's blown up, so no. <laughs> <laughs> it would have been, but it's just been. It would be very interesting, yeah. It's just been all around. I guess it would have been a pretty rough few days had the thing survived. Oh, that would have been cool if we'd seen like a couple of skulls as part of that explosion. There's like shark chunks, and then like, oh, that's Sam Jackson's foot. Uh, oh, the skull. His arm from Jurassic Park. Carter's head and knocks him out. <laughs> You see, this, you see Jim's hand still holding a cigarette. <laughs> <laughs> the bird is still alive because it looked uh, like he swallowed the bird. Different no, shark. That, different shark. Never mind. That bird's been Crap. burned alive, burned dead. Yeah, that thing exploded. You ain't my bird. These are some good questions we're asking. We've done this for thirty some episodes and we've never talked about skeletal structures you, inside you think of the shark. We've got stuff by now, but we're we're still going. <laughs> and we've never talked about. French used copies of Captain Ron DVD well, copies, DVDs. I am shocked we haven't covered that before. Few <laughs> people have, I believe. I think this might be a world first. <laughs> oh, it's beautiful. We're Gas breaking new ground Captain here Ron. on the Deep Sea the podcast. And French Captain Ron, it's beautiful. That should just be a podcast. Where'd you get your copy of Captain Ron? <laughs> I wonder how many episodes I could record. I mean, you have to find people with copies of Captain Ron. So good luck to you. Yeah, I yeah. think we've done it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just bring you on for every episode, Niall, and make yeah. you repeat the story. In France, secondhand, there we go. Is that the name of the, the show? <laughs> In France, secondhand, yeah. there we go. <laughs> <laughs> no, 
No, so hard to search for. I have a, so as far as, as much as you know about Rennie Harlan explosion, so you know Die Hard Two. Uh, you do you think the explosions in this are better than Die Hard Two's explosion? Oh, that's. I don't know. I I I like the Die Hard Two explosion quite a lot. I think the uh, the helicopter explosion we have earlier is this. This film has two great explosions. Is that the giant, giant one that's, that's bigger than it has any right to be, but also we mapped out that it's actually fine. There's fuel tanks and the path of the explosion works nicely. That's a huge explosion, and you have this one. They're, bo- they're both iconic. And I think Die Hard 2, it has been a few years, but I think that has one... as the plane crashing down. It's a pretty big explosion. And, and then there's Bruce getting ejected from yeah, the... Yeah, that's the other yeah. one. Yeah. That, that's more it's iconic because of the shot of him flying up towards the camera and back down again. I, I don't remember the explosion beyond that. So, yeah, I'm going to say DPC has better explosions, but it's it's close. It's close. You know what I just thought about? So, in Die Hard, they have the classic Alan Rickman falling, and they had to design new tech to keep like, keep with Rickman as he fell. But then Die Hard 2 has someone blowing up towards the camera. So it's a good subversion, Rennie Harlan, as opposed to that Rickman falling away. You have someone blowing towards the camera. And it's the hero. It's not like the villain doing it. It's not... Man, the villain's Harlan's doing so naked good. Tai Chi. William Sadler. <laughs> William Sadler, the great William Sadler. Demon Knight. He's in a movie called VFW. Yes, which is great. Yes! Isn't it good? It is. Oh, man. it's uh, Have you heard about it, Jay? Nope. It's a bunch of, uh, like, what, Vietnam and different types of veterans, uh, Af- Afghanistan, Iraq. Uh, they're in a VFW in, a, like, a really rough area of town. This lady comes in, and all these old uh, uh, veterans have to fight these drugged-out people, and a lot of stuff gets really gory. It's like Assault in Precinct 13 meets Cheers. <laughs> I am in. Oh, I, I have, I've seen the poster for this. I haven't seen that. That's a beautiful... That's really great. Cheers meets Assault on Precinct, Precinct 13. That's... Jay William Sadler's in it. Yeah. That's a great cast. It's a dude oh, from Karate Kid. Yeah. yeah. George went. It is like it, Cheers. It, 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 <laughs> He's the in dude a, from Warriors, who the like, Warriors come out and play. Commando, yeah. Oh man! And also, I think my favorite Rennie Harlan explosion though is in the movie Driven, because there's a scene where this guy Memo, his 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 car flies off the track and it just explodes, and it is the most unnecessarily large. It's more unnecessarily large than the ones in Deep Blue Sea. So that's my favorite because it, it makes me laugh every time I see it. Dude, I've never seen Driven. I, I I have to confess. Oh, you you haven't been driven to watch it? I haven't. No, I've been driven away from watching it. But that's <laughs> this is what you should do: buy the DVD from a, from France used, <laughs> and listen to the commentary because Stallone does a commentary for the hour plus of deleted scenes that Rennie cut from the film. And he's just sitting there st- sticking up for the movie, saying it would have been better had they stuck with his scenes. That's what you should watch. Because it's, it's one of the most... I've never heard just an A-list, Oscar-winning performer do a commentary on deleted scenes saying how much better they are than the movie. <laughs> it's pretty great. That's worth checking out for, I think, yeah. Yeah, so if you can get a hold of that from a, a, a I don't know, a secondhand store in France, do it. Or anywhere else. Probably. Yeah. No, no, just the second house for us. That's the only nothing else is, is will be accepted. And then in two years when we're all able to fly around, I expect a, a, an update. VFW's on, on Netflix. Fantastic. Oh it's on Netflix? Yeah. Oh, check it out. It's do. a grimy 
it's it, Nile. It's grimy, right? It's it grimy and grrody and bloody and dirty and pessimistic. But I'm already sold. Yeah. <laughs> good cast, and also the director Joe Bagos. He, he did a movie called Bliss, which yes. is weird. Yeah, and the, the improv they swear too much. It, the you can tell that there's a lot of improv, so it's f bombs dropped every three words, and it, it gets old. But the visuals are pretty great in it. Yeah, it looks great, and it builds to something kind of neat. But yeah, there's about seven billion f bombs that aren't necessary, and I'm not a prude. I just think when you allow people to improv, they tend to swear, and that's like yeah. that's what everyone talks about. And it's kind of like a very strange kind of. 80s cable movie only without restrictions, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, you nailed it. It's another good one. And that, But the lady's in it. She has a cool hairdo in VFW. She's one of the bad guys. So, Niall, any other thoughts on, <laughs> on this chapter or Deep Blue Sea as a whole? Um, Just that. It's damn good fun. Um, I think sort of that, the chapter, chapter 32 which is sort of the the culmination of the film, I think, is pretty much the film, and it's, if you were to shrink it down into one sort of two-minute sequence, that's it, kind of ridiculous, funny one-liners, and a big explosion. Big explosion, yeah. And damn good fun. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Well, that's uh, that'll do it for our penultimate chapters. One chapter left, Mark. Can you believe we made it this far? Oh, I'm going to miss it. I'm already going through the draws. Well, it's it's not going to be the end of the podcast. I know that I, I want listeners out there, don't just unsubscribe after next week's show. We have plans for the future. You want, you'll want to stick around. You'll want to stick around. We're not we're not done with Deep Blue Sea yet. Don't you worry. Uh, but mm-hmm. uh, but no, where can people find more of your your stuff online? On movies and focus, and just look for me anywhere, and you will find me. Okay. <laughs> but you know, it's I mean that in the best possible way. So you're like a used copy of, or just a DVD copy of Captain Ron. You can be found in the most random of places. Yeah, add movies and focus, and you will find me. That's <laughs> thing. And you can find more of me over at Life vs. Film, lifevsfilm.com, where I, I'm reviewing films from the 1,000 Movies Must See Before You Die list and other lists. Deep Blue Sea, not on that list. It's a crime. Uh, I just assume everyone's already seen it, I guess. And also over at The Lamb, the large association of movie blogs. It's a big collection of online movie blogs. If you have one or a podcast, then come join us. We have, our, as of today, our latest member is Niall. It's just it's Kizma. It wasn't even planned. He just He's on the show today. I had him this morning. It worked out nicely. So welcome, Niall. <laughs> uh, uh, Mark, where can people find more of your stuff? Right, yeah, go to Movies, Films, and Flicks. And you can uh, check out the podcast, Movies, Films, and FLIX. Check out the podcast. We were just number three in the Philippines. So that's really cool. Uh, then, well, let's see. Go to Rotten Tomatoes. I got some articles in the works with them. And then I also work on their Rotten Tomatoes is Wrong podcast. Listen to that. I work on Verses. You can watch those on Peacock or YouTube or Facebook or wherever you go. And also Film Theory. I have uh, – and Food Theory on YouTube. So check those out. I got some videos coming up right now that I'm researching. So you can find me there. Sure. Yeah. Let's go watch those videos. And you can find the podcast all over the social media at Deep Blue Sea Pod. That's on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Email us deepblueseapod at gmail.com. If you have Rennie Harlan's email or phone number, then please let us know. We'd love to have him on the show or anyone who's in the film. Get in touch. If there's anyone who was part of the film who was listening, then why have you left it this long? What are you doing? Come on, reach out. 
every every week we tell you where to find us why haven't you done it yet come on but come back next week for the last few seconds of footage and then a whole bunch of credits and wouldn't you know it there's a wonderful song that we've been waiting 32 weeks to talk about i cannot yes. wait <laughs> um, there's a song there's a mu- music video we're going to get into it so come back next week for that well, as for this week's show uh thank you very much to niall brown for joining us thank you thank you for having me uh, i have been jay cluet I'm Mark Hoffmeyer. And we'll see you next week. Bye. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.